Welcome, everybody, to Classic Elder Scrolls. We're going to be unchained, unsupervised, uninhibited, un whatever you want to call it. And why are we this? Well, we uh, are without our fabulous leader today, Avarwin. Uh, he had a family uh, thing that he had to attend to. For those that uh, did um, watch the last cl episode of ESOTR, uh, you caught why, uh, but it's you know something that I'm going to leave to him if he wants to share. But our thoughts go out to him, and uh, we hope uh, that he'll be back soon. Uh, we know that uh, we will have another episode of Classic next Sunday with the full crew here. But mm -hmm. today, uh, it's me, uh, Katie Armicki, and Mark Cardigan-Wolf, uh, and we are going to be doing what, Mark? Uh, well, today we decided that, uh, well, our initial plan was we were going to talk about Bretons, but, you know, when plans changed, we figured we'd... Uh, We'd slip the collar, as it were, and we're we're still going to talk about Bretons, but instead we're going to be talking about uh, specifically the Iliac Bay itself. But as instead of just the Bretons, we're going to go into the history of Daggerfall, and we're actually going to show you the different, you know, different very important sites to the series, and sort of explain why these sites are important and how what happened here affected, well, frankly, the rest of the series. Yep. So we're not going to be going over, you know, ESO for you guys, uh, but we are going to be going over the important aspects of Daggerfall, no, uh, we're using ESO as a vehicle. Exactly. We're just using it to, uh, to as an illustration, because if we had done it in Daggerfall itself, it would it would not exactly be a visual journey. Yeah, and neither of us really have... Uh, Daggerfall uh, set up to uh, to stream. So well, speak for yourself. Wow. Okay. You had Dagger well, you didn't tell me that. <laughs> yeah, I, well, again, it comes down to I could have done it, but we could have done it that way. But just seriously, it would just be looking at blocks the entire way. Yes. Yeah. So, it, it would not exactly be the prettiest thing. Yeah. So we decided uh, we would use ESO uh, as our vehicle to stream with here. Uh, and on screen right now, you can see Mark's character, his uh, very knightly paladin type of Templar with his two-handed sword and his uh, super heavy armor. And I will zoom out, and you will be able to see my character. Uh, I am playing a uh, uh, a dark elf uh, who has come here to uh, the Daggerfall Covenant area for trading when the war broke out and uh, has got to figure out what I'm going to do to survive here. So uh, I'm a mage. Uh, this is my first Sork. So we are completely and totally unbalanced in terms of levels. My guy is only a level seven. Uh, I use him really as a, uh, uh, a merchant type of character and a uh, clothier. So uh, he's got a couple of the early quests done, but not much. And Mark's character is... Uh, I'm playing an Imperial Paladin, or Imperial Templar, uh, who for the most part focuses on sword and shield. Um, and basically I've been running this guy since early access. Uh, the idea behind it is he's, you know, he's decided to, uh, to get out of, out of the now Daedra worshipping Cyrodiil and go after, uh, go join up with the people that he feels is going to have, uh, the best chance of stabilizing the entire world. So, whoo the Covenant! <laughs> <laughs> so your character is definitely very high level comparative to my level 7. <laughs> I, I, like, I have another character who's a sorcerer, and I've gotten her to maybe level a Breton sorcerer, and maybe I've gotten her to level 29 at the moment. But otherwise, yeah, I've pretty much been focusing on this character 
for the entire time the game has yeah. been out. So our goal here is to be able to show you stuff, so we had to have a high-level character. And since my high-level character is an Altmer, we wouldn't be able to play together. Yeah. Or so, uh, not an Altmer, a Bosmer. We wouldn't have been yeah. able to play together uh, in this zone. Yeah. And, you know, this way, if anyone wants to sort of hop in on the early act, you know, in the early time and just sort of show up, uh, you know, they can, you know, people can just do that uh, and not have to worry about, uh, you know, if they don't have access to a... Uh, a covenant character. It's just easier to make one and hop yep. in. Yeah, so, uh, you know, if you want to photobomb us, you know, go right ahead. Uh, you know, we'll be here. Uh, now, um, my UI is turned off for this experience because uh, I am running all kinds of things. I'm going to turn it on here so you can see just how cluttered my screen would be. Uh, so, you know, messaging me is probably not a good idea if you want to, you know, figure out where we are. So I'm going to leave that up to Mark if, uh, you know, he's willing to, you know, handle the back-end uh, logistics. Because uh, yeah, pretty much I'm just going to be streaming here so that you can see the beauty of this game. Oh, yeah. No problem. Um, but before we do that, we should we should probably tell everyone, uh, remind them that it's Sundas, uh, the 8th of Sun's Dawn, and my game just crashed on me. What the... Uh-oh. Okay, you fixed that. I will go through our, yes. uh, the rest of our notes here. So, yes, today is Sundas. Oh, God, ball got me. <laughs> oh, no. He's been taken to Cold Harbor. So today is Sundust, the 8th of Sun's Dawn. Our show is sponsored in part by TweakedAudio.com. Quality headphones and 30% off your order with our code off the record, all one word, only at TweakedAudio.com. And if you like books, and who doesn't like books? You like stories, who doesn't like stories? Audible, today, get your Audible free book today at Audible.com slash Quest Gaming Network. Uh, if you want to hear more, then go to audibletrial.com slash questgamingnetwork, and there you'll be able to get your free audiobook and sign up for their um, their services. So, And Mark, you had one that uh, you wanted to uh, call out today. Yes, I really suggest that everyone look into flying Erasmo Airlines. Wherever you're going, we'll get you there in a flash, flash, flash! <laughs> <laughs> that character is hilarious. I, I swear to God, after that, I I didn't know whether I should even bother streaming any more Redguard because it's not going to get better. I mean, I mean, could it possibly have a better voice than that? Mm, I don't know. You know, he he's given Mariah a run for her money there. Uh, that is true. On it that has stream, been escalating. Ah, so. uh, yeah. So yeah, but that was hilarious to uh, uh, to hear on the uh, uh, the stream. Some of these these horrible voice actors. That uh, they got for Redguard. Oh, and yeah. all I could think of is uh, Mariah sounds like Snow White. And uh, when you went into that Dwemer Ruin, all I could think of is the lo- the Dark Crystal, where uh, you go and you find that old hag who has like the weird eyes, and uh, she's in like the that observatory that the Scrax attack. Right, right. I remember now. And I'm like, wow, what is this game? It's like a super trippy, like, you know, childhood thing. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, so. so now, we have one last thing. If you want to catch us, we are live Sundays, 11 a.m. Eastern Time with Twitch TV slash Quest Gaming Network. Please email the show at questgamingnetwork at gmail.com. You can find us at the beautiful new website, questgamingnetwork.com. And if you haven't seen that, uh, check out the State of QGN that Varwin did yesterday where he announced the new Mortal uh, podcast and uh, previewed some of the new thing features that you're going to be finding on 
our store, uh, our, our, um, our website and the, you know, eventual store that's coming with it. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Elder Scrolls OTR, on Facebook at facebook.com slash questgamingnetwork, and Google Plus at google.com slash plus sign questgamingnetwork. So, okay, now that that's all out of the way, let's actually get to playing. Yeah. So where are we well, headed to first? Well, first we'll just take a moment and uh, introduce everyone to sort of Daggerfall City. Um, as anyone who has taken five minutes listening to one of the streams knows, uh, Daggerfall is one of my favorite games in the series. Uh, and this was sort of the city that really, it really sticks. Like, whenever I think of the series, this is the place I think of first. Um, and just when I heard that they were even doing an online game, you know, the moment they said that one of the, that one of the factions was the Daggerfall Covenant, I, I knew which one I was joining. There was no longer, there was no question in my mind. I didn't care who the other factions were, what characters they had. I was joining the Covenant. Um, now, you know why I didn't join the Covenant, though, for the, my first character. Because there are orcs. Exactly. Anybody who sides with the orcs, you know, I have to question their, their logic. Well, you also have to remember, it's it's kind of schizophrenic that way. Because the, the Red Guards and the... Um, the, sorry, the Red Guards and uh, the Bretons have a history of crushing Orsinium every couple of centuries. Exactly. So that really made it like kind of like, what the I heck mean, is going on? <laughs> it does, and that's actually one of the things I do like is that each alliance does have its own internal logic to to why it exists. Like, you know, the the um, the pact exists because of just mutual defense against the Akaviri, who figured let's not just charge headlong straight to the middle of the continent and let our supplies li supply lines get chipped away at you know the um sorry the um you know uh the dominion itself the dominion has uh is a combination of the elves under you know uh, under um god now i can't remember her freaking name uh queen iren Yes, thank you. Yes, and with uh, that, you know, I mean, I know that, like, the Bosmer and the Khajiit have, over the years, had times of war, you know, amongst themselves. Um, yeah. You know, but it, it's still, you know... And, well, she, she's a peacemaker. She exactly. knows how to, how to deal with that. Anyway, um... I'm taking so, pictures as we go here. <laughs> so, basically, the inter... So, one of my favorite things about the uh, Daggerfall is that... Daggerfall is a very political game. And it's actually one of the, the only games in the series that doesn't actually have a villain. I mean, there are bad guys. There are antagonists. But there's no one like Alduin. There's no Merun's Dagon involved. There's no uh, Merak from, Dra like, from Dragonborn. There isn't even anyone who is, who, you know, who is like uh, um, Richton in Redguard. Instead, it's sort of, it's a bunch of factions that are that are fighting amongst one another for control of the bay and eventually for control of, a, of an artifact. But even even the artifact in question, the, the control over Tiber Septim's Numidium, that itself came, almost comes out of nowhere. Like, it's there in the game and it's leading to it. But when it appears, it's like, oh, that's what, that, you know, that's what this is about. Mm, so it's definitely uh, a very sandboxy field then, because uh, oh, very. Yeah, you know, well, I mean this is okay. This is going to show for those on the stream here just how how little I have done. <laughs> you are vestige. We must speak. 
the prophet is now standing in front of me. I haven't even gone to the harborage. <laughs> <laughs> oh, actually, the funny thing is, in the in the, uh, in the data, when I first heard him describing the harborage, I thought it might be uh, Privateer's Hold, which is the first dungeon you end up in uh, in, uh, in Dagger. That's the one you start in. So it, I don't think it is, but you know, it was the first thing I thought of. Um, but to give you an idea as to the events of Daggerfall... I wonder if this is um, a photobomb here. The guy <laughs> sitting in the chair. <laughs> Quite possibly. Uh, to give you an idea as to sort of the complexity of Daggerfall and how it really is a bunch of different factions to get uh, working across purposes and against one another, um, everything sort of starts in the year 403, 30 years before the Oblivion Crisis. Um... When King Lysandus of Daggerfall dies, what happens after that is... Oh, uh, Mike, I'm just going to quickly head over to the um, the Way Shrine over here just okay. so I can you know look at my notes and not be chasing you down at the same time. <laughs> okay, because I know this is an area where I don't need to worry about you getting killed. Yes. I am yeah. hoping. Yeah, I think I can handle the wolves in this area without a problem. <laughs> oh, God, Mark, the wolves! The wolves <laughs> yeah. Okay, so... Um, so everything in Daggerfall really starts about 30 years before the Oblivion Crisis occurs, uh, in 403, when King Lysandus dies, and there's a war between Daggerfall and Sentinel. Uh, during that period, the Iliac Bay is just a splinter of small kingdoms. Like, just, it's, there are, do there are dozens of them all over the place. And the bay is basically ruled by three specific powers. There's Daggerfall, there is uh, Wayrest, and there's Sentinel. So, in 403, Lysandus dies. And very soon afterwards, um, he starts appearing at night in Daggerfall City, uh, wandering the streets, screaming for vengeance. Like, literally, vengeance! And if anybody has caught uh, one of the lunchtimes in Tamriel's with a Varwin, they've seen this vengeance thing going on. Oh yeah, constant, you know, constantly calling for it every night. Uh, and the streets are filling with undead. So, two years later, in, in 405, uh, Uriel Septim VII, way back when he had less hair but was not yet Patrick Stewart, um, he sends your, uh, he sends a mysterious agent, your character, into, into the Iliac Bay in order to try to find out what is causing Lysandus, who's a friend of his, to be, well, damned this way. What is forcing him to uh, have to suffer um, undeath? And why is he summoning this army? Who does he want vengeance against? And he also asks you to find some letters he had sent to um, Lysandus' wife. A personal thing that, for some reason, never arrived. He wants to know what happened. Um, and so, when we arrive in Dak we find that uh, it's ruled by King Gothrid, uh, the son of Lysandus, and his new queen, uh, Abukai. Uh, she's actually the daughter of the, of the royal so family of Sentinel. And they've been newly married uh, only a few years before. Uh, and it was a ma marriage to bring peace and unity to the kingdom. So, you know, with all of this happening... Um, it, it, it's a sort of an interesting thing because this is the first time in a very long time that Sentinel has not been fighting with 
uh, dagger. And for some reason, they decided let's have the two married. So, in which case, uh, let's leave Daggerfall behind and actually head over to Sentinel. Okay. So you port, or you go there, and I will port to you. Okay. So we're going to leave we'll Daggerfall and head to Sentinel. Now I must say, Glenumber is one of my more favorite areas to do the exploration of, except for the fact of why there's crocodiles. That's, you know... Yeah, in the swamps. Yeah, I know that. Yeah, I mean, you know, the moors of Scotland and um, York really, you know, aren't the kind of thing that would have, you know, support that kind of life uh, in the world. So... Well, what, you, where else, what else are you going to put into a swamp? Well, they've got tons of stuff here, you know, so... Oh, yeah. But, so, uh, okay, I am now in Sentinel. Okay, and I am porting to you. And I figure, you know, by the time we're done with Classic today, I'm probably going to have gained uh, five levels just between exploration and, you know, Mark killing things and me killing things, because uh, we're going to go to some high-level areas in this game for my little yeah. seven number level seven character. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. Oh, there you go. And here I am. Okay. So, here we are in Sentinel, uh, capital city of the Alakir. And, well, capital city of uh, Sentinel at the time, but after the events of Daggerfall, the capital city of Hammerfell itself. Um, Sentinel Home of the Red Guards. Well, exactly. Home of the Red Guards. Sentinel itself is a forebearer city. So, you know, that itself is kind of odd. And Now, this is the crowns and the forebearers, the, the uh, yes, two the split and... factions yeah. of uh, the Red Guard populace. Um, for anyone that's not really aware, the, the reason for the split was uh, the Red Guards come from the west, uh, from a, a continent called Yakuta, which sank into the ocean, and apparently they had something to do with that. We just don't know how. Especially since their their huge like fear of magic. I mean, you talked to that one mage in the um, Oblivion's, um, um, or um, yeah, in I, get, I think it's Chaden Hall. There's a, a Red Guard mage, and you talk to him, and you know, he pretty much you know states that his, you know his people don't do magic, so he's kind of a an oddity amongst the Red Guards. Mm-hmm. Oh, here's this, the, the the palace of of uh, Sentinel, and it actually looks a lot like it does in in Daggerfall. I mean, it needless to say, it is somewhat different, but for the most part, like the the way that the dome sort of the dome sort of loom over thing in the the towers. So it's a very nice touch in in how they brought the design together. Yeah, I um, mean, some of these designs are amazing in this yeah. game. Uh, but yeah, basically, when when they sank their continent, uh, there were two two waves that came to Tamriel. Yeah. The first ones were the forebears. They're the ones that sort of came in uh, and kicked all the orcs and elves and goblins out of Hammerfell to make way for the second wave, which was the crowns. Um, and these two groups have basically, you know, at times of extreme stress, they work together. Other times, they are just as likely to tear each other's throats out. So, um, so yeah, basically, Sentinel is sort of an interesting city that way. I mean, it's always been a forebearer city. 
with very few exceptions. And actually calling back to the Red Guard stream, this is actually where um, Red Guard, uh, this is actually where uh, Cyrus and his family were born. Now, is this where most of uh, that game takes place also? No, no. Uh, the, all of that game takes place in Stros Mackay. Okay. So the island uh, of Stros Mackay. Yes. Uh, but this is where the events that sort of caused Cyrus to leave Hammerfell occur. And we'll get into that actually a little later in the stream when, when, we, ha- uh, when we sort of separate a bit there. Um, but basically, during the Third Era, uh, at, or near the end of the Third Era, Sentinel is uh, is ruled by Queen Akathori, um, and sorry, Akathiri, and uh, after the death of her husband Camorin. Uh Camorin actually died in the same war that killed uh, Lysandus. He didn't show up as an undead creature, uh, summoning you know monsters to haunt his you know his descendants. So. This becomes another place that the character that you play in Daggerfall spends a lot of time. Uh, and this is actually a very, um, it, it's a very snake pit like place. Um, Akathori is a very powerful ruler. But when we talk to, you, you talk to her youngest son, uh, Loten, uh, and you actually can get a quest from him. And in that quest, you discover that he's not the second son. He's actually the third. The first son that her and Kamoran had was actually very weak. He was uh, he was not a strong. He was not strong. He uh, he was very bookish. But he, so you know, he his teacher suggested that rather than being a warrior, he would be more of a um, a sort of a poet king, which apparently was not unusual. Um, but after their second-born son was, after their second son was born, Akathori and Kamoran actually had the first one kidnapped and dumped into a dungeon to die. Wow, that's kind of harsh. Oh yeah, <laughs> oh, there's um, a sky shard right by us. And uh, actually, yeah, uh, I can't quite recall exactly where it is. But if you want to go get it, just <laughs> head towards it, and I'll keep you alive while we do. Well, it's in the city, I think. So okay, so. Um, yeah, basically, I think it's in one of the towers. So, uh, Loton actually has the character go find the, you know, find out exactly what happened. Because the, the death of the, of this, uh, of the boy was blamed on the underkin, sort of a boogeyman who, um, again, we'll sort of discuss a little bit later as well. The and, boogeyman did it. <laughs> basically, the, the Underking, I feel, is one of those characters that really should have had a lot more impact on the series. And just unfortunately, they introduced him, didn't do, you know, gave him a really important place in the series, and then didn't do anything with him. So theoretically, he could have been the Alduin of the game. Oh, but... God, yes. Well, I, yeah, basically. Okay, yeah, so yeah, it's that tower. It's there. up in that tower there. Now it's a matter of finding out. I had to get up into that tower. Without dying. Yeah, so, I've got to remember that, that I don't have all the hit points of my other character. <laughs> <laughs> Jump off a cliff, I might die. <laughs> so, so, um, so basically, you, your character goes into this dungeon and discovers that, sure enough, the parents hired kidnappers, had the kid knocked out and dropped off. In later games, you can find a book, and it's it's a book that gives you bonuses to the use of blunt weapons. 
and it's called uh, Nightfall in Sentinel, in which you discover that somehow Lotan actually ends up becoming the king of Sentinel and then creates a, uh, a clandestine organization whose only job is to hunt down and uh, basically torturously put down the men that uh, that killed that kidnapped his brother. And what is this this group called? Do you know? The... Uh, no, they they don't actually give a name. You just meet one of the agents. Oh, okay. Um, who basically she finds what is pretty much the last guy and uh, last guy involved, and ends up slowly beating the guy to death. It's it's actually a really good here. Let me Okay. Oop. I think we got a. I think we got a guildy here or a listener uh, come to help us. <laughs> uh, so too. So, yeah. Anyway, what ended up? Uh, so, that's always something to, that's interesting to look at. And I had mentioned that. Um, well, one of the things I had also mentioned was that uh, um, Queen Abuki, uh, Abuki of um, Daggerfall, you know, very nearly married to bring peace. Well, that's how she's looked at in Daggerfall. But in Sentinel, they saw her as a captive. Ah, they saw so. her as a hot, being held hostage uh, against uh, against them because of their defeat. So. Uh, I know that currently uh, these this next we're just going to hop to two more places and then we're going to sort of sit down for a little bit, um, as it were. Okay. Okay. So back to the way shrine. Uh, back to the way shrine. Okay. And we are going to basically find out exactly what were they fighting over. So what were Daggerfall and the uh, Red Guards fighting over? Okay. Yeah. Okay. So where are we going then? Oh, you'll love this one. Trust well, me. Well, tell us so that our uh, listeners can uh, follow. Oh no, us. no. For for you, I I think you need to start. Uh, you you uh, start uh, according to me, and uh, then I'll start explaining. Okay. Okay. Uh, uh, I'll give you just because this is it's good. I think this is your favorite place in the entire covenant. Uh oh. So we're going. All oh, right. That's not been released yet. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I, actually, that was one of my disappointments. Was that Rothgar hadn't been been released. Uh, so, no suitable location to jump to. Where'd you go to? Where um, are you hiding? Still moving. Here we oh, go. Okay. okay, try again. <laughs> ah, yes, Betnik. Yes. Oh, yes. We're yes, I have uh, I've been there and wiped out as many orcs as possible. And I'll tell you, once the justice system comes in, there might not be a quest giver left if I can have my way. Well, we need the entire island free of orcs by the, four, by the third era anyway, so yeah. you're doing God's work. <laughs> Yeah, all of those uh, those poor Bretons that are buried there with the orcs, you know, living mm-hmm. on their land. They got to get rid of them. Yeah. Well, to be fair, it's not as though the uh, the orcs used to have this area. It wasn't until they were beaten back by the red guards and everything. Yeah. So, anyway, here we are on Betnik, or as it will eventually be known, the island of Betany. Um, by the third era. Ah, Betany. okay. So that makes a lot of sense then. So this is yeah. Betany. Yeah, when when we ended up here again, I kind of squeed as like the holy crap, we're on Betany. <laughs> this is kind of important. Um, and you know, I you know somebody who's already completed this area twice with two other characters, you know, I did not know that. So this, you know, 
Yeah, the only thing that really identifies it is a very small line at the bottom of the loading screen, which is, it's very easy for you to miss. So, here, you know, Bethany is, uh, became sort of the, this is the place that caused all the problems. Um, Bethany itself was a small fishing port, and according to ancient, um, treaties, it belonged to Sentinel. And for some reason, King Lysandus decided that uh, to offer Betany protection from pirates that had been plaguing the area. And the, you know, since this Daggerfall, you know, since Betany had pretty much been abandoned for the most part by Sentinel, um, they decided, okay, well, we'll take it on. And Sentinel at this point took offense to this. Um Knowing that this could only lead to war, both sent, uh, both the king, both Lysandus and Ca- uh, Cameron brought armies to Bethany, but then began, but then had a peace conference, and unfortunately, and they came up with a treaty. Unfortunately, to kill off all the orcs. <laughs> except, well, how, why do you think there are no orcs at that period? <laughs> That's uh, the un- peace treaty. <laughs> <laughs> Return against the orcs. <laughs> It's we, we just like in uh, the Battle from- of Five Armies. You know, they're mad at each other until you know the goblins appear. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, King, my truest friend. <laughs> we we are going to go kill the orcs yeah. because it, uh, you know inspired by this guy from this other era who keeps kept going to Betney and killing everyone. Or so, um, so they all uh, they got the peace treaty arranged. They're all set to sign, and all of a sudden, what should happen? But um, the guy in uh, but. When they sit down to sign it, it's not the treaty that uh, Cameron had agreed to. Instead, it's a treaty that states, you know, Sentinel forgoes all any and all claim to uh, Betany. Sentinel uh, for uh, Sentinel admits its own, uh, you know, it fault in all these following problems. Sentinel agrees to pay a certain, you know, the following amount as a uh, as reparations for what it has done. This caused swords to be drawn and blood to be spilled at this peace conference. And this was because a scribe who was, was loyal to Daggerfall, but acting without permission of anyone, actually decided to just change and put forward the treaty he wanted. Ah. Uh, so. Clerically this, error. <laughs> literally. Uh, what, is it an error if he does it on purpose? Well, we never know. Yeah. So what ended up happening from there was the next day, basically they they spread apart. They realized uh, the two sides decided, okay, we're going to to fight this out. And they spread apart. They uh, prepared them. uh, They prepared for war and they met on the what is called the uh, sorry. Crying game. Yeah. Crying game field. The crying game field, crying game field. Yeah. Wow. I guess they never watched had th- watched that movie then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, on the crying game field, the the two armies meet, and all of a sudden, the uh, entire battlefield finds itself covered with a um, a very thick, mysterious fog. And shortly, shortly after, uh, when it clears. Lysandus is dead. He's been shot. Uh, the reports differ, but he's either been shot in the throat or in the heart. Um, his son, Goth- uh, Gothrid, uh, assumes the crown quickly and actually leads the forces into battle. 
and they and they defeat, uh, and they they do end up defeating the forces of, of uh, Sentinel. The results being Cameron dies in fighting. In now, is this the same Cameron of the Cameron Dynasty, or is this Cameron uh, the Usurper, no. or this is just a Cameron not this associated the, with the the yeah, uh, this Bosmer is at all? They really sort of declared the Camoran Dynasty and that as being all Wood Elves, and yeah, who the Camoran Usurper was is kind of odd. This is, but no, this is this is a different. One. And I believe there's a book about this it, that you can read too. Um, there are actually two that is like the first point of view type of thing. Yeah, there there are two books. One is from the view of a scribe on the side of uh, the of Daggerfall, and the other one is on the side of is a scribe on the side of ben, of uh, Sentinel. So, hmm. yeah. Oh no, it's it's very interesting that way. I, I mean, as, as you can sort of see, there's a lot of political wheeling and dealing going on uh, already, and as a result, in order to sort of seal the peace treaty. The uh, Sentinel was required to actually send Abuki to uh, Abuki to act as a um, act as a you know to, well to marry Gotrid and become and sort of seal by bonds of marriage. So you know, but here's the question. So, uh, but according here's the other thing. According to the um, according to the scribe on Hammerfell's side on uh, Sentinel's side. It was actually Gotrid who killed his own father. It was ah. Gotrid who killed Lysandus. So you have to wonder: Is that you know, in, uh, player? When you read that, the question is: Is Gotrid the reason that that Lysandus is calling for vengeance? Is that why he's haunting the streets of Daggerfall? Vengeance. Vengeance. <laughs> Which the first time we heard that, I think a lot of people were like, what? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I think even yeah. a Varwin kind of, you know, like, may have been like, uh, <laughs> is my character about to die? Because <laughs> oh, that is so spooky that when that happens. Oh, no, it, it's great. The first 30 times. <laughs> unfortunately, it, it unfortunately gets old fairly quickly. You know, when the character's crying for vengeance every night, every hour, on the hour. You know, it, it gets very repetitive, but considering the, you know, the age of the game, that's kind of to be expected. So and Yes, I know that uh, we're missing a lot of uh, harvesting, mining, and stuff like that. We're yeah. just, you know, out having fun, not really, you know, looking to do anything. And, you know, oh, even, yes. uh, like, to harvest uh, stuff off of a dead character, I have to turn the UI back on, so... Yeah, that's why I keep walking past a lot of stuff. You know, we just walk past some wood and some uh, good plants that you know normally I would pick up. But uh, for the stream's sake, uh, yeah, yeah, we're gonna keep keep removing that. Yeah, because I, I keep seeing you know every so often you know I look over, see if anybody's complaining that oh my god you missed you know the bug loss. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So um, that's basically what happened here. So the question now becomes well. Why vengeance? What, what's going on otherwise? And for that, we need to actually go deal with the third power of the bay. And that's Wayrest. So now we've so, got Daggerfall and we've Wayrest. Got, we, we, and... we've got Daggerfall, Sentinel, and Wayrest. Okay. These are the three powers. And so the question becomes, how does Wayrest factor into all of this? Because the war wasn't between any of them. Um. So let's... Let's see, where is a way shrine that we can... Oh, it's just over to the west here. 
Okay. Or to the east. I'll follow Listen you. to what I'm saying. Listen to what I say, not what I'm saying. <laughs> do what I say, not what I do. <laughs> I didn't okay. set the run function on this character yet. Uh, uh, I will just hurry on ahead. Yeah, you hurry on ahead, because I have to port there anyways to you, so... We aren't going to go straight to the um, the site where we'll get it. There's there's one more piece to the puzzle that we need to add in before we, you know, finish unraveling all of it. Because, and I think that again, you'll you'll appreciate some of what's going on here, and it won't really surprise you either. Actually, I I don't know, Mike. I don't know how much you know about the background in Daggerfall. Not much. Uh, it's one of the games that I haven't even like. I don't even have it loaded into a computer yet. I mean, I've got the anthology, and pretty much, you know, I've read a little bit, and, you know, I read all the books. Yeah. But oh, my... I, I'm in, I'm in uh, Stormhaven yeah. now, so you can pop on over. Uh, but in terms of, like, you know, seeing any gameplay, it's <clears throat> what Avarwin, you know, does during our classic streams here is pretty much the only time that, uh, uh, you know, I've seen even Daggerfall. Yeah. Well, as a, like... This is the thing. The story in it is is extremely complex and pretty engrossing. Um, and like as I said, you know, when you're at that point in the plot, there's a lot of questions as to what you know, who's who did what, uh, what's going on. Okay, there you go. Second, do I have my mud crab out? Or is um, that... I might have my mud. Cra I have my mud crab out. Okay. Yeah. Dueling mud crabs. <laughs> Which mud crab do you have? <laughs> Uh, I've got both. I've oh, got okay, both. yeah. Yeah. So, Mudcrab Knife Fight. <laughs> now We'll tie one we... claw together like they did in uh, that Michael Jackson video there. Oh, right. <laughs> now, before we go too much further, you, in the distance beyond the, uh, to the right of the lighthouse, you can sort of see a long, a very tall tower. Yes. So we're going to go get a, a better look at that. Because... Anyone that has played this, you know, spent too much time in the lore of this series knows exactly what that tower is. Now, that would be the Adamantine Tower, correct? That is the Adamantine yes. Tower. Now, that is not to be confused with the White Gold Tower oh, exactly. of Cyrodiil. So, just so that, yeah. you know, this but is the oldest structure in Tamriel that was here before even the elves got to this region. Yes, yeah, so supposedly it's actually where the gods themselves... Uh, made the final plans for how to put it all together. I don't know if you... Man, you're so use. fast, I can't even, like, get my lightning strikes out. <laughs> Here, I'll let you, uh, let you zap her. <laughs> I'm lost. Okay, there you are. Now this is for those that um, um, listen to our stream uh, about the gods. Um, last classic Elder Scrolls, when mm -hmm. we talked about Larkan, this is the tower that they also shot Larkan's heart off of. Um, you know, and uh, ended up becoming Red Mountain. Yeah, yeah, that's that's this is where it was uh, chucked off before it hit Red Mountain. Okay. So, 
Don't the bother reason... me, quest giver. Sorry? <laughs> quest giver came running up to me. And I said, don't bother me, quest giver. It's like the uh, the couriers in Skyrim. Mm-hmm. You know, I have something for you. No, you don't! <laughs> Run away! <laughs> so, uh, yeah, a little further on is the the best view of the tower. So we can't but, get anywhere near the tower itself. No, no, unfortunately we can't. Uh, the tower is on the Isle of Balfiria. And is actually one of the sites that you visit in Daggerfall. You can actually... You, actually, you have to, to finish the game. You have to go into the tower itself. Um, and this leads to... Okay, there. This leads to an, uh, a rather big piece of the puzzle as to what's going on. Uh, here we go. Much nicer view of the tower. Ah, uh, yes. And it does kind of look like the White Gold Tower in oh, looks, Cyrodiil. Well, and I know in the game Daggerfall, it doesn't look like that, does it? It's, from the pictures that I've seen, I thought it looked like a... a like a, a in, yeah, no, in a blocky Falls, square type of tower, not well, a everything, uh, <laughs> everything in Daggerfall looks like a blocky square, <laughs> um, but, but not cylindrical know, in nature. Basically, well, this is the thing though they uh, they added to the lore that uh, the, that the Dureni Tower, that the adamant or the White Gold Tower, was based off of this. Uh, so when they made it in the game, that's how they decided to ba- you know to draw it to make it. Okay, now. The reason that uh, this tower is important is actually because of the former court sorceress of... Uh, yeah, no, I think we definitely have no, a photo. I have here. to hold on. Meridian uh, says that Ray should not be stalking the streamers. I think that, you know, that anybody who wants to stalk us, that's the reason, you know. You yeah. can, you know, message Mark if you even want to join the group, you know, so that you don't have to worry about where we're running to. <laughs> yeah. Okay, uh, actually, um, you're leader here. So oh, so I would have to do it. Okay. Yeah, do you want to... Uh, I'll switch leader over to you? Yeah. Uh, promote to leader. There you go. Now you're leader. Okay. <laughs> How do I do this? Oh, here we go. So. Okay, yes. The reason that um, the tower is so important is... Uh, because of the court sorceress of Daggerfall. Her name was Medora Dureni. And when when Lysandis died, the Dowager Queen, uh, well, Lysandis' wife, uh, uh, Menisra, actually banished her to, uh, to the, ta- or exiled her from the court. So she went on and decided, okay, well, I'm just going to go back home then. Uh, she went back home and then Lysandus' mother did something kind of odd. She actually cursed her so that she... Oh, just a second. Someone else is asking to be added. Okay. Just... <laughs> uh, there we go. Okay, so... Um, what ended up happening from there uh, is that Lysandus' mother decided, Oh, hey, um, I've gone insane with grief. So I'm cursing you to never be allowed to leave the tower. Oh, that's nice. Uh, she she got to grow her hair long, too, like Rapunzel, to get out? Um, unfortunately, that's actually a good question. No, no, in order to get out, <laughs> she, needed the chan- she needed you to go get her a unicorn horn, uh, horn from Lysandus' mother's castle. Lysandus' mother was kind of a really powerful witch. I'm uh, not a witch, I'm dragon. my wife. <laughs> 
In fact, this dragon is the re is the reason that there was a large. Um, so this dragon is actually the reason for the fog that appeared on the field on the fields of Bet in Bethany during the war. Uh, the you know the fog that actually resulted in Lysandus dying. The other interesting thing is that Medora is actually the reason for all the ghosts that are filling the streets of Daggerfall. Oh. You see, Medora was actually Lysandus' lover. Um, hence her being exiled from the court. So, up in the tower because, you know. You know yeah. Exactly. So, she was, you know, she was Lysandus' lover. And here's the thing. Lysandus never died at the court. Uh, he didn't die, actually, in on the fields in Bethany. He died in Wayrest. You see, Lysandus actually didn't want to be king anymore. He'd tired of the games. He'd tired of the constant pressures. So he decided he was going to run off with his court sorceress, Medora, and basically just give the throne to his son. Needless to say, you can't just abandon your wife and your entire uh, kingdom like that. So he was—he arranged to fake his death uh, on the field. They had another nobleman dress up as, um, sorry, dress up as him. And the moment that the fog appeared, uh, uh, Gothrid actually shot the man, you know, to ensure his father was dead. Hmm. So from there. He uh, so from there he ended up joining, uh, going with one of his advisors, uh, a man from Wayrest known as Lord Woodborne, and that was his mistake. See, Woodborne wanted to be king of Wayrest, so let's go over now to Wayrest City okay. because this is kind of where things get very interesting. Uh, and also very complicated, and we end up dealing with an another rather important character to Elder Scrolls history. So I don't know what everyone's thinking of uh, all this so far. You know, I'm enjoying it, you know, because uh, it gives us a different view of, um, you know, as you said, if we were to do this in Daggerfall, this kind of tour, first off, we would have to complete all the quests. Secondly, it's a very blocky-looking... It, yeah, it would not be a very pretty game. Yeah, but you know, eventually, you know, we were, are planning on spending some time in Daggerfall. Uh, yeah, so oh, yes. the, the viewers will get a chance to see Daggerfall, the game itself. Oh yes, um, no, yeah, it's just for this particular but, moment. It's not exactly the prettiest. Moment. Yeah, and uh, this game is very beautiful. So. Oh yeah. So, from here. Uh, so. Yes, kill the orc that is a friend of ours, but that's okay. I'll try to. Hold on. <laughs> Take that! Oh, <laughs> uh, why won't he die? Damn it! Okay, Who gave so. the orc a bulletproof vest? <laughs> a lightning-proof vest, yeah. actually. Yeah. Okay, so. Second. More orcs. Yay! Well, actually, these are mostly elves. That one looked like an orc that attacked me. I got up close. No, no, th this is actually a bunch of uh, dark elf slavers. Oh, okay. <laughs> Oops! What have you been doing? Killing my own people. <laughs> All they wanted to do was enslave orcs. <laughs> I know. You monster. So, um, 
actually though, before we head over to um, before we head over to uh, to da- uh, to Wayrest, there is one place that I kind of want to go, if only to really annoy people. Uh oh, how are you going to yeah. really annoy them by going there? Well, it's a bit of lore that we're going to go into in that area once we hit that area. Well, I think that people enjoy classic Elder Scrolls just for that reason. That you know, mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of people love the the lore and the readings from the books. You know, now we oh, are not no. doing any readings from the books this. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, it's, it's this week because uh, you know it's a little difficult to read and be running our characters at the same time. So yeah, yeah. Usually, usually it's Avarwin just playing, and the rest of us are just sort of. Uh, you know, following along, but also reading and doing all the other stuff as he's playing. Yes. So, you know, this is like trying to chew gum and walk at the same time. Yeah, and watch the, you know, the TV. Oh, Can't yeah. do all three at once, so I'm laying dead on the floor choking on the gum that's stuck in my throat. <laughs> so, first we're going to go up to Alclair. Alkier. I was going to say Alclair, that sounds like a, a, a pastry. Like an eclair. It's an eclair. Eclair. Uh, Alcair. Yeah. It's up north this way. Um, because this is actually one of the most important towns in all of Tamriel. Now, what happens here is actually going to change... Uh, an event that happens in this town changes the entire face of the world as a result. Okay. Okay, we're at the way shrine. We don't need to take the way shrine. Uh, I'm trying to see what is going to be quicker. Uh, yeah, actually, we'll take the way shrine. Okay. Save a little bit of walking. So everybody who's following us, port to uh, the leader when he gets there. Yeah, just give us, give us a few moments. In the meantime, I'll have another sip of coffee. Here we go. You can port to me now. Okay. I love how the uh, the image of Stormhaven, for some reason, I keep thinking it looks like an undead giant chicken on the hill on the upper right-hand corner. Oh, I'm going to have to see this now. Upper right-hand <laughs> corner. Uh, there's like this, it's a bunch of trees or something, but for yeah. some reason it looks like some sort of skeletal, you know, bird with a skull head. <laughs> And, and once you see it, it can't unbe- it cannot be unseen. Okay. <laughs> okay. So down this way. So over here, we arrive at Alkir. Or not to be Al-Kir. confused with an eclair. <laughs> or the Alkir. Yes. Unfortunately, there's a the more. The Camoran usurper, King Camora or Cameron, like there's a lot of reused stuff in Daggerfall. Well, you have to wonder though, since Daggerfall is based on all accounts the first true Elder Scrolls game, based exactly. on all of the mechanics and the um, the tropes that we're used to seeing throughout the rest of the series. The only thing that came really from Arena is the is the map and a mm-hmm. little bit of lore, which oh, yeah. has changed as they felt needs to be changed. And that's that's actually something I like about the series is that, yes, they do change the lore, uh, but, you know, if they do, they generally try to move it in an area that hasn't really been fleshed out or that type of thing, and always to sort of suit the story. And, for example, 
welcome to the birthplace of Hialti Earlybeard. The reason that this is important, he was born on the uh, 24th of mid-year. And it's now celebrated here in Alkir, in the Third Era. It's now, celebrated. if we go to Skyrim, there's a whole quest line about Yalti, isn't there? Exactly. Now, they celebrate Tybetha. Welcome to the home ta- Welcome to the birthplace of Tiber Septum, Talos, not at Mora, Alkir. This is the fun thing: is that you know. We keep being told that Talos was an Atmora, Atmora, he was born in Atmora, he, he served in Skyrim, and then he became, you know, then he took on the name Tiber Septum. But originally, he was, he was meant to be from here. He was meant to be from the Alkir, or Al, uh, Alkir. I'm going to get it right one of these days. <laughs> um, He's gonna, he yeah. was born in Eclair. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He was born in a pastry. <laughs> uh, in fact, this is his birth house right here. No. Um, he was born here, and or this is supposed to be where he was originally born. When Morrowind st- uh, was in development, um, they came up with, well, no, he's at Morin, and actually they stated it. Uh, um, it was stated by, I believe, Michael Kirkbride outright in an out-of-character thing in the um, the uh, Red Guard instruction manual. But then, um, when Redguard actually, or when Morrowind actually came out, and they had changed a number of things that had been in that manual, um, which we'll eventually get into discussing, you know, in a different show, because we don't want to be here forever in a day. Um, they revealed that, um, you know, they, they, they brought in something called the Arcturian Heresy. And this was written by the Underking, again, I mentioned him a bit earlier. Uh, the Underking was supposed to be um, an ex- ba- well, basically he was someone who had some sort of tie with Lorcan. He seems to have uh, served him in some way. There are theories that he actually was an avatar of Lorcan uh, or Lorcan. But what ended up happening was he he was at the Battle of Red Mountain, and he had such hatred for the Tribunal. He was trying to actually figure out how to um, bring them down, and he met. He eventually met one Hialti Early Beard, and acted as a mentor to sort of help him rise to power. Uh, eventually, uh, eventually Talos turned against uh, the Under King and stole his heart. Well, first of all, he didn't attack Morrowind as. Uh, you know, as the Under King had wanted him to do, instead he made a deal with the Dark with the Tribunal. Yeah, because by that point in time, he was pretty. Uh, you know, he was already had his throat slit at that point, hadn't he, and lost yeah. the power of the voice. Exactly. Uh, I think I'm chasing after you now. I don't know. I fell down the rocks, and you know. Okay, yeah, I'm chasing after. So you now, now I'm just walking around taking pictures. <laughs> okay. So, uh, so yeah, basically, <laughs> I have to follow after you. Make sure you don't die. <laughs> Um, so from there, what ended up happening was uh, he had been given, uh, Talos had been given the Numidium by the Tribunal in exchange for not for not invading, in exchange for a number of other things. And the result was that um, he needed something to power it, so he stole the Under King's heart. Um, 
the uh, the Underking basically, as a result, was trapped in undeath. In fact, the Underking is the guy on the cover of Daggerfall. He's that under undead skeletal thing. Oh, okay. That's who that is. So, he of course spent. Uh, he, as a result, this is sort of the book story he wrote uh, to sort of explain why uh, Talos was not the man people think he is. And I kind of have to agree with it. I mean, it strikes me as something Talos could very well have done. I mean, it makes sense that he's going to want to uh, to make himself even more mythological. Mythological, mythological, yeah. Yeah, you know, make it sound like he came the the fabled Atmora. Make it sound like he's a man that not many, you know, that uh, he's even more unique than possible. I mean, I'm not saying that he wasn't dragonborn and wasn't a military genius. But I'm also saying that it makes sense that he would completely make a he would make a fictionalized account of his life in order to make himself even more grandiose. Yeah, and let's face it, the, the for, for the Nords to say that oh no no I'm from Atmora, that would actually be a good way to ensure that uh, you know to help it you know give him credit with the Nords. So. Um, that's basically here. So, from now, let's go back to the Way Shrine, and we'll head on to, uh... I'm picking you guys have from... Um, and, you know, now we'll head on to Wayrest. Where we'll sort of finish off the puzzle of what exactly happened with, uh... You know, to, um... To Lysandus. What what was this vengeance he was demanding? He was mad that you stole his Oreos. Damn it, Mike! <laughs> you don't you know you don't reveal like that. Okay. I am so lost. Okay, there we go. Again, you know, chew bubblegum and walk at the same time. Uh-oh, where'd the crown go? Oh, there it is, okay. <laughs> okay. Where am I? Okay, here we go. Now, on the way to Wayrest, Wayrest had, uh, was ruled, uh, in the Third Era, was ruled by one King Edoware. And he had a daughter, uh, Elenia, with, um, with his former wife, who unfortunately passed away. What happens next sort of goes into events of a game that we don't quite know if it's part of the Elder Scrolls series. Arena. <laughs> well, I thought you were going to say uh, Shadowkey. <laughs> <laughs> Since the only person that we know that it would ever have played it would have been Avarwin. <laughs> exactly. Well, one day we'll we'll have to play something and have him tell us about uh, Shadowkeep as we're playing. Yeah. Um. So... Basically, if you read the story, the book, The Real Baron Zaya, uh, you discover that Baron Zaya, the Queen of Morrowind, was apparently seduced by a bard named Nightingale, and as a result, gave, uh, as a result, ended up giving, uh, leading Nightingale to one part of an artifact known as the Staff of Chaos. Uh, according to The Real Baron Zaya, um, Nightingale was actually Jagger uh, Tharn, an Imperial battle mage who would then go on to 
entrap Uriel Septon VII, the true emperor, in oblivion, at which point he would then go on to rule uh, the uh, the empire for several years and let it sort of dissolve around him as he was doing it. He was not... He was good at scheming and taking over. He was not good at actually being, a, you know, a political leader. Uh, I am currently in front of the Palace of Wayrest. Okay, I'm making my way there. Okay. I see the chevrons. So, basically... After, after this, um, Baron Zaya's husband was killed. And so now without, uh, she, she went for comfort with a friend of hers, King Edaware. They had met each other in the, in the Imperial City and made friends. Baron Zaya then helped the Eternal Champion, the character that you play in Arena, in order to help him get his hands on the, on a piece of the staff. And then she and Edaware fl- fled back to Wayrest and eventually decided to get married. This made Wayrest into an even bigger serpent's pit of political backstabbing. Uh, yeah, I mean... <laughs> you, like, you have no idea. This woman's, um, uh, you know, been with so many important men and now uh, well, this you is the got thing. The, uh, the, the fake emperor who everybody thinks is the real emperor yeah. sitting on the throne pissed off at her. Oh, yeah. Well, uh, and this is... And at the same time, he can't do anything because she helped. So, Or she helped him get free. Uh, so here's the funny thing. Well, Mer- Baron Zaya shows up in, I believe, every game after but Oblivion in some way, shape, or form. She shows up in... Um, she so- shows up in Daggerfall. You can actually go and meet her. She shows up again in Morrowind. Um, she's not in Oblivion as far as I know. And you can actually get her crown in uh, Skyrim. In Skyrim, and actually, you can meet her her granddaughter too in Skyrim. Yep. Yeah. Uh, for anyone that isn't aware, her granddaughter is actually Carlia. Uh, Carlia. Yeah. The uh, the Nightingale. And actually, that's another thing is that in Skyrim, you find out that it wasn't Tharn pretending to uh, dressed up as. Uh, it wasn't Tharn pretending to be Nightingale. It was a, a bard named Nightingale. It was actually a Nightingale who uh, who seduced her um, and got the piece, gave it to Tharn. Uh, but she became pregnant, and eventually her daughter went and tracked down her father, and eventually she herself got married and had Carlia. So this basically... But her coming here and marrying meant that she brought two kids in, that then began, uh, that when combined with Edaware's own daughter, began warring for power. Uh, she brought in her son, Helseth, who, uh, sorry, sorry, they got a little dry. Uh, she brought in her son, Helseth. And what Helseth ended up doing was, eventually he ends up fleeing Wayrest and, uh, basically taking up his, taking up his mother's seat in, uh, Morrowind in Bardenfell. Um, and you can actually find books described in uh, the series describing sort of some of how he tracks down people who are not uh, who are not loyal to him. Um, her his meanwhile he's fighting against uh, Edaware's daughter Elania. Elania is uh, and she has a quest where she asks you to deliver a robe to a suitor and if you do, 
the robe spawns Daedra the moment he or you puts it on. Hmm. This is how she decided to kill him. Um, and uh, actually, before I explain then how this gets to Lysandus, uh, Baron Zaya's other daughter, named Morgaya, makes a deal that you're, you end up getting involved with, with a certain person. In ex- and part of this deal, in exchange for her giving her first, not clarified as to what. Her first. <laughs> yeah. Could be firstborn, could be first whatever. Uh, she becomes the queen of first hold. The person she makes this deal with is Manamarco, the king of worms. Oh, that, that's always a, a, a brilliant idea to, oh, to yeah. do. Yeah. Well, Daggerfall is the first time he shows up in the game, and actually you meet him. Um, so, you know, the, Daggerfall introduced a number of characters that become extremely Probably important to uh, to the Elder Scrolls lore. I mean, you get Baron Zaya, you get Manamarco. God damn it, I fell off again. You know, <laughs> I keep trying to get on this, on this parapet to... Uh, to take a good picture, and I keep falling o- over the the side of the the wall. <laughs> so okay, so finishing up with uh, Lysandus's story. Lysandus made a deal with sorry. Lysandus had a uh, a uh, an advisor by the name of Woodborne, and Woodborne was a Wayrest gnome, and, and Lysandus felt he trusted. I mean, the man is not involved in the politics. But, uh, being, you know, he's not. Uh, involved in the war, neutral, and most of the fighting within the bay was between Sentinel and Daggerfall. So he trusted Woodborne to actually help him escape and get to a place where he and Medora could spend the rest of their lives together. And Woodborne, unfortunately, had concerns. Woodborne was bet- became betrothed to Elania, the one of the potential queens for Wayrest. If Elania became queen, he would end up as king. And his concern was that Lysandus said he wanted out of the game, but he might come back and start giving advice to Gothrid. If Lysandus could do that, Gothrid's youth would not really count for much anymore. So Woodborne decided that it was better off to have Lysandus completely removed rather than allow him to live. So he made a deal. He made a deal with one Gortwog Grow sure Nag- uh, Nagorm. So, stinky Snaggletooth Orc. Okay. Yeah. Got it. King of Orsinium. Uh, there is actually a book describing how he was able to use the Hierarch court system to gain control, to basically gain control of the land uh, that Orsinium is on. And in exchange, basically, for uh, support and promises that would help make Orsinium its own kingdom. Because what he wanted was for Orsinium to become a full imperial province. Um, he ha- he actually had a raiding party attack the caravan that Lysandus was moving on and have him killed. Lysandus's body was not properly treated, and then it was placed in a, a place somewhere where magic couldn't really deal with it. So this is why he became... A ghost. This is why he came back. He he hadn't been betrayed by his son. He'd been betrayed by Woodborne, and he had then not been buried properly. This, of course, adding to the you know, this you know made him want vengeance. And the reason Medora ended up summoning up so many undead was because in her grief she was trying to contact his spirit 
and because she couldn't, because or to to contact his spirit to try to put it to rest, but because of the you know the way that he was sort of bound, where he his body had been dumped, he couldn't rest, and as a result, her spells were backfiring and summoning up more and more undead. Ah. And I just so, wanted to to point out, like I'm looking at this, you know, we're talking about the political nature of Wayrest, you know, and its power. And I just brought up the map is just how big this city is compared to a lot of other cities that you come across in this game. Oh yeah, uh, I mean this thing is huge with you know a huge waterfront area. So really, you can see in Daggerfall particularly, um, you know, not just the game but the Daggerfall Covenant, how these city states could really hold this kind of power. Um, when you compare them to many of the other uh, towns that you come across, these things are gigantic. Okay, oh. so she's trying to raise Lysander's ghost, and because he wasn't buried, she's raising an army of undead ghosts unbeknownst to herself. Yeah, That's well, where we left off. I, I don't think she's aware of what she's doing. Yes. Um, but she could very well be. Uh, sorry, one more second. Quick second. Um, yes, so basically uh, what ends up happening from there is your character needs to um, needs to t- uh, find a way to, in order to put him to rest, he either needs to find a way to kill or ruin Lord Woodborne. So Woodborne can actually be defeated without you ever meeting him once. And this is one of the things that makes Daggerfall unique. There's no real villain in I mean, again, Woodborne is uh, not a good person. He was doing this for personal gain. But he wasn't trying to take over the world. He wasn't trying to destroy it. It was local politics. Yeah. And we had the Underking now, who's local politics. And we have you know, this yeah. Woodborne, who's local politics. And it, Basically, what ends up happening is that uh, everything involving the Numidium, some care, uh Basically... What is going on in the background is that the blades have picked up enough pieces, have picked up all the pieces of the Numidium and are rebuilding it. But they need one, the Aetherius, or the the Mantella, which is the the power source, and then the totem. The totem being its control, basically its controller. And the game sort of has you have to make a choice. One, you have to track down the totem itself, and then you have to figure out who you're giving it to. Because the totem can only be used of those by those of royal blood. And for some reason, I seem to recall that... um, I seem to recall that it says specifically the blood of Tiber Septum. Which, if that's the case, it means that there are orcs with septum blood in them. Because Gortwog is one of the people who can give the totem to, and he can use it. Aww, come on! This has to so, be fake history now. Now I'm calling BS on all of it. <laughs> well, well, this is the thing. I mean, as the series goes, uh, and that's actually one of the things for the Oblivion Crisis. The problem was Martin was supposed to be the last septum, the last person with, you know, with the blood who could actually possibly light the dragon fires. Um, according to, I'm, I'm positive it was in Daggerfall, there is a book that says that it's traditional for... Uh, the Emperor to marry from High Rock. Which, because there were no Imperials at the time uh, in when Daggerfall was created, means that the Imperial line were all Bretons. Yeah. For the most part. Um, 
But as a result, you also then have a uh, a very large faction. Uh, basically, as a result, the in- basically the entire nobility of the Iliac Bay is just rife with septum blood. So mm. this is one of those things that if if that sticks around and there's no reason it really was removed, there are all there are septums around. They're not may not have the septum name, but there is no way the cult uh, of the Mythic Dawn was able to kill them all. And no, I, I guess not, you know, when, you know. An orc, uh, I also support that there's an orc bloodline in there because it amuses me to think that there's an orc septum. Because I know it didn't know <sighs> you. Actually, Ray is in the chat is asking why the orc hate Mike. I just don't like orcs in general. Uh, you know, years of fantasy gaming, you know, orcs were never, you know, are never given the, the, uh, the position that they are in Elder Scrolls. Um, you know, you look at, uh, the, uh, whoa, I just ran into a whole bunch of spider guys. Uh, we'll look up a lot of them. Uh, you look at the, um, you know, the Tolkien, uh, works and, uh, you know, orcs and goblins are all, you know, the spawn of Sauron, um, and Morgoth. Uh, you look through Dungeons and Dragons, they're like, you know, the Horde of Orcs is the common, um, um, you know, bad guy. You look at Warcraft, uh, not World of Warcraft, but, uh, the original Warcrafts, you know, the hordes of orcs that, uh, you fought there. So, you know, for, you know, almost 40 years of, uh, you know, gaming, you know, or well, 30 years of gaming because, you know, started when I was in, you know, pre-teens. Uh, you know, orcs have always been, you know, the bad guy. And so this is the first game where the orcs are portrayed as a less civilized people, but still accepted into the empire. Not so. in Daggerfall. In Daggerfall themselves, they're only enemies. You can't play one, and they're, they're only found really in Orsinium. is the only place that they can, can live somewhat yeah. peaceably. And so, I think know. I came out to help you, and everyone ran back into the city. Yeah, I ran back into the city, so... Okay. <laughs> Um, yes, yeah, so... So that's where actually, it comes from, you know, in terms of, you know, why I don't like the orcs. It has nothing to do with the orcs in-game, it just, you know... It's, it's actually Generation kind of, of cultural breeding of, you know, orcs are the bad guy in of, games. It's kind of funny, because that actually, in a way, touches on why I don't like the Altmer. Because um, just there's... I've always been struck by... Elves are, in fantasy, are always really good, re- you know, they're, they're, they're better than you. They're just always good and uh, innately innately good, innately light, innately good at everything they do. And it, it just becomes annoying, especially when they're supposed to be seen as very good. Uh, you know, they're better, they're humans, but better in a way, in most fantasy. And then they're all arrogant pricks. Well, you, know, I, you know, you, you watch hell, you watch The Hobbit. You, you know, it's, that seems to always be the they're always presented in their good, they're good, wonderful people who under who don't suffer our foibles and everything else like that. But then they're always just arrogant pricks. Yes. Well, when dealing with you know the races of men and dwarves, you know the elves definitely come across that way in those games. Mm-hmm. And a large part of it has to do with the fact uh, there is, I think the Shoddy Cast does uh, a really good episode on the lore. Or the history oh, of yes. the things where they talk about, you know, if you could live for a thousand years, 
you know, and you've spent centuries performing, you know, as an artist, let's say, centuries painting, and you've spent centuries doing anything. Uh, you know, it really gives you this feeling of, you know, the rushed nature of mankind going in and, you know, you know, acting almost like children, you know. It, it's oh, like, yeah. you know, if you have a kid and, you know, they bring in a painting for you and it's, you know, a, a squished turkey hand on, you know, a piece of paper and you say, oh, it looks beautiful. And it's like, and they're really proud. And amongst their peers, it might be the best one that was made. But compared mm-hmm. to an adult who may have spent, you know, months working on a painting, you know, it's nothing. But when you compare our work to, you know, like the masters of our time even, or of our, you know, culture, you know, Da Vinci and stuff like that, it, you know, a lot of the stuff is still, you know, really, hold on. <laughs> uh, I, and I, I get, I get what you're getting at. Um, but, and that's sort of the thing though, is that I, I guess I, I sort of approach it as, Air, you can't say you're better than someone and that, you know, you don't suffer from, like, pride, like, you don't suffer from human pride and that type of thing, and then be arrogant. And prideful, yeah. And that's sort of, for the vast majority of it, the Altmer are basically, like, all that we're better than you prickiness yes. all wrapped up into one. You yeah, know? the Altmer definitely have a lot of that in their Oh, character. yeah. I mean, I... I Overall, the Altmer in Skyrim are all portrayed like that, and especially like um, the ultimate of that is the two women who uh, run the, uh, oh, the shop yeah, in solitude. There, mm-hmm. you know, and it's like, oh my god, what's wrong with you two? Um, but you know, overall, like, oh yeah, no, you know. I mean, the race itself, everyone's different, but just for the most part, they all like as a whole. Especially when like Skyrim is where they started really adding the flavor of each race to each race, yeah. Um, you know, to their inter- interactions and whatnot. They re- just that sort of just the arrogance comes through even stronger, and it's just like that's everything I hate about elves right there in one race. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I mean that's that's just sort of where that's coming from. Yeah, so, I mean, and, you know, each person, I mean, like, when Shank was oh, on the God. series, I mean, he hated the Argonians. And, mm-hmm. you know, there's things about the Argonians I don't like, but overall, like, like I think they are very, very cool. Oh, yeah, um, no, I mean, I... I don't like the super hippiness that they've portrayed him in ESO, mm-hmm. uh, but I do like, you know, them overall as, uh, as a, a race. Uh, but, you know, and, like, some people are like, oh, they can't stand the Khajiits and... It's like, well, you know, I have no problem with the Khajiits. You know, the Altmer definitely are super arrogant. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, the Nords are portrayed as drunk fools throughout this entire game, which I yeah. really think, like, whoever would... Like, it as was they, a little far, yeah. They, they, they really they, pushed it in ESO that the Nord drunkenness is, like, you know, a uh, cultural problem that, you know, they can barely stand up, much less get to work. Yeah, well, that, that was actually something I joked about with my brothers, that, okay, we have factions to pick from. We can either be with the the drunks, hippies, and slavers, or we can go with the xenophobes, cannibals, and druggies. Or we can go with the Covenant. <laughs> and, <laughs> like, just, um, you know, for as much hate as the Thalmor get out there... Oh, they're, they're know, a small faction. They're, just, they're, yeah, they're a political faction within a racial group. But when you look at that compared to the Dark Elves, you have to, to say to yourself, what, you know, obviously they haven't played the rest of the games, or they've brushed the Dark Elves so under the, the counter, because mm-hmm. it's like, seriously, 
these people enslaved, you know, pretty much anybody who wasn't a dark elf. They, you know, sacrificed people to you know, demons. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, the Thalmor are bad. Um, I'm playing a dark elf. I love the, the, the Dunmer. It's like, whoa, 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 wait a minute. Yeah. <laughs> this is not the period where they're the crushed and, uh, you know, the, the reformed slash crushed and beaten people that they are in the fourth era. Yeah. In the fourth era, yeah. you know, they've pretty much paid for their sins in, in, in spades. You know the you know the the loss of the yeah. tribunal, the destruction of, caused by Red Mountain, the revolt of the Argonians, the uh, you know pretty much the loss of their homeland. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But in this era, if you've played Morrowind at that time, I mean these people are still really nasty people, and a lot of people yeah. are like, "Oh, I hate the 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 Altmer and the because of the Thalmor," and you're like, um, "Do you also realize that?" Uh, you know, the Dark Elves, who you proclaim to love, are, uh, you know, just as bad. Mm-hmm. This is something weird I've never noticed. I'm zooming in and out of first person. In yeah. third person, I have a shadow. When I go into first person, it disappears. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's because you have no soul. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh, wait, I knew that already. <laughs> I, it's um, my mud crab. He stole it. Yeah. And, okay, well, it is mud crab. Um, and that's, you know what, that's actually one of the things I do like about this series is that as much as I don't like Altmer, I like them. I like how they fit into the series. I like that they're there and I, I would not, I would hate to see the series without them because they just add so much to it. Yeah. You know? Um, and you know, that's, that's just one of those things. And I think, and I, I know that as much as you hate orcs, I'm pretty sure you would you wouldn't want the series to be without them. Oh, exactly. I mean, you still have to have them there. I mean, yeah. I have to have some cannon fodder somewhere. Oh, exactly. I mean, if we all had to play the same exact race, it would be so boring. And I think, like, a lot of people don't appreciate Redguard because of the fact that, you know, you are playing just Cyrus. I mean, you don't get to make your character. You don't get to, you know, to, to do anything like you do in the rest of the traditional ESO. Um, yeah, um, yeah. Well, speaking of Redguard, let's let's go over to uh, uh, let's let's go over to Stros Mackay. Okay, I can actually do that one. <laughs> let's head over to Fort Hunting. So yeah, basically, that's sort of this you know what goes on in Daggerfall. I mean, it, like, and you have all these little things like all this this really intertwined political drama that's going on. You know, and I, I kind of like to see them. Um, I kind of like to see them continue uh, or do another series where it's not necessarily not, not necessarily a this could spell the end of the world type drama. You know, in the end of it, I think they could do a really good story with that. Yeah, you know? I would like to see like, you know, like. You see, like, some of these games, like, um, was it Call of Duty, where it has the three studios working on it? I would really love to see, since they've got so many studios now at Bethesda between Zoss and uh, all of the other, like, little studios that are pumping out things, to see, like, a big Elder Scrolls game, like the, what we're used to every, mm-hmm. like, five, six years. But then also, like, a Red Guard type of series, where maybe it takes you 30, 40 hours to play, and it's a single, like, playthrough type of thing. You yeah. don't get all the choice, but, you know, it's going to tell a story for a particular they, reason. Yeah. Actually, uh, someone was suggesting once in the chat that they create a, um, uh, uh, oh, actually, I want to show you something over here. Um, 
it, that they actually create a sort of telltale game Elder Scrolls style type thing. So it's just a chapter by chapter, you know, telling yeah. a story. Yeah, exactly. Every once in a while, whenever I go outside of um, Strosmakai uh, Strosmakai and head north, remember how I walk across, walk by a statue? Yep. That's that there. Oh, cool. You know? Now, they don't have the massive Dwemer Observatory uh, available. Oh, so we can't take the airplane? No, no, unfortunately <laughs> not. Uh, my guess is that, you know, it, it's sort of like, oh, well, that's kind of a big thing to leave out. But considering the amount of um, of stuff that change, like, look at, um, sorry, look at uh, Solstein. And all of a sudden, the Dwemer ruins that appeared all over it. Yeah. You know? Uh, considering that, you know, between there's another 500 years between that Red Garden now, and maybe something in, uh, in the ruin that the ruins that are here triggers it to rise out of the ocean or whatever. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, like this is, you know, this is one of these in these things that I I love about this game in particular is I actually the moment. The moment that I came out and realized I, uh, that first place of Act of Theta, I actually went and dug out the map that came with Redguard and started comparing it. You know, that for me was just one of those things. And they actually have the, uh, the first of the, um, pathways towards the Isle of Nagasta as well in this game. Is that uh, on this island here? The uh, those bridges that nobody can cross. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. Yeah. It's over. Um, I can see it. I can see it here from my vantage point. I believe. Yeah. Yeah. No. That and uh, it's. Let's see. Here they call it the uh, the rash merchants plummet, and there are two bridges. Yep. But eventually, by the. Uh, you know, by the end of this era, there will be a uh, giant, slowed necromancer uh, who has these bridges and a half fish, half cent- or centaur fish skeletal boatman to take people across. Hmm. So yeah, so um, lots of little things like that that people see in this game that are like points of interest and stuff, and they're not really sure. Oh, why is it a point of interest? You know, things like that where, you know, I know that I've heard on other podcasts they call out about this these bridges and not being able to cross them and what's out there eventually they'd like to see. So really it's it's a callback to Daggerfall that those bridges were there in Daggerfall. Well, yeah, the, well that, yeah, back to Redguard. Or so. to Redguard, sorry. Yeah, so that's for, yeah, oh yeah, exactly. I mean, but like, you know, having having the Dureni Tower, having the Adamantine Tower visible from Wayrest as it should be, you know, that's a nice touch. Even like it's something that you should technically know was in the game, or you know that should be there. But the fact that they decided to go far enough to actually put it there, and I'm actually looking forward to when they eventually let us go there because you know, you you just know that they're going to have a dungeon there at one. Point. Oh, eventually, you know. I think that's a big thing with all with this entire game is that you know there's so much that hasn't been opened up yet that um, you know people want to see you know oh, things yeah. in elsewhere things like you know um i would i am really hoping that eventually we will get to the somerset isle itself the proper one um you know things like the dureni tower 
you know, a whole bunch of Skyrim that's not open yet. Yeah. Uh, that people just can't wait to get back to see. Go you know, back up High Hrothgar and everything. Yeah, you know, to see White Run, you know, 2,000 years before it was White Run. Solitude, you know, and I'm really hoping, like, that they don't, that they, they, they do a good job going back with the lore. And I hope that they continue with that because, uh, I can't wait to see, uh, Dawnstar because at this point in time, Dawnstar is really a big to do in the, uh, in Tamriel. It's not this little tiny fishing village with uh, Nightcaller Temple up on the hill. Yeah. Winterhold as well. I mean, yeah. Winterhold has fallen into the sea at this point. Yeah, it's just been founded. So it might be just a wooden structure even. Yeah, it might not even be uh, a stone structure because this is the, around the time of the founding of the college. Yeah, so all oh. of those kind of things. And, you know, they we were, I remember back when, it, when they were first talking about ESO. Um, on the podcast and people were like, oh, I hope they have an event where you could help build the College of Winterhold type of thing through a quest. That actually would be really cool. And, uh, you know, so things like that, that, uh, you know, part of the classic Elder Scrolls game series for us has been, you know, let's go back and relive the games so that people who've never played, you know, Daggerfall, Morrowind, uh, Oblivion, you know, can get a feel for it. But also... You know, for us to tie it back into like these little like, um, I don't know, Easter eggs almost. Oh yeah. In ESO, that you know, we're all going to be able to explore together, and what kind of things we're hoping that we would eventually see when those areas do open up in the game. Oh yeah. No, I mean that's the thing. They do such a wonderful job. Let's face it. This is a series that all of us absolutely adore. Yeah. You know? We wouldn't be doing this if we weren't, you know, in fans of it. You know, I wouldn't be making, what did I do, 20-something paintings. Speaking of which, did you get yours yet? Uh, no, not yet. Okay, so, so it's still in customs. They, you know, probably are holding it. Uh, prob- <laughs> I'd say probably next week or, yeah. week, you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if it uh, shows up early in the, early in the week. Um, but, yeah, uh, well, actually, one thing I really want them to see them do, uh, now that they have the Crown Store coming up, is make the um, uh, make the uh, Omsrat Khajiit available as a separate race. I mean, you can justify it as they look so human that you know they're not comfortable with the with a lot of the, the Eldmary anti-human stuff in some of its its talk. So they've decided to just spread throughout Tamriel. Yeah, because the, these are the these are the Khajiit that were from that were from Daggerfall, the original ones, and this is sort of how they justified. You know that. Oh yes, no. Those those Khajiit do exist, but there's these other Khajiit that are in all these different forms. I'm hoping that you know if they open up some more areas in um, near elsewhere, that like you'll have um, like a family group that you interact with, that is going to be like, um, you know, you'll you'll have like a regular looking Khajiit who's going to do the talking for the rest of the family, and mm-hmm. one of the members will be like the big battle cat ones. Uh, and another couple will be the, like the small ones and like the small, like um, the house cat, the house cat style ones are going to be the ones that are like the actual really smart ones. And, uh, you know, the, the yeah. humanoid one will have to just be doing all the talking. Oh, oh, over here. The lighthouse. Where'd you go? Where's your crown? There's your crown. Okay. Yeah, um, the- you know, so that kind of stuff, you know, cause I mean, there is so much flavor in this game. Uh, oh yeah. 
Okay, so we are here on Stros Mackay. We are coming we, out of Saint's Port. Yeah. Saint's Port here. Now this um, is you, you, this is really to do with what you're streaming on Red Guard now on oh, Mondays yes. at nine o'clock uh, Eastern yeah, time. Not, yeah, nine uh, nine p.m. Oh, nine thirty Eastern 930? Okay. time. Nine thirty. Okay. Nine thirty. So yeah, basically you, uh, during it we've gone to Saint Port and met crazy pirates everywhere. Gata gata gat. Yeah. <laughs> Um, again, you have to love it. Horrible voice acting, but so funny. Oh yeah, and here we have the the lighthouse that has been driving a that drove Erasmo insane. <laughs> For such a, an innocent looking structure. Yeah, and basically the the uh, the or the observatory is just sort of yeah, a little bit over that way. Um. So we're looking at the lighthouse. It's like, to the left or right? Uh, to, it, yeah, basically, you're looking at the stone structure uh, to the north of the lighthouse. And it's just sort of over to the left, follow the coast. It's sort of behind a big rock. Oh, okay. Is where it will act, it will eventually be. Maybe it's phased out of time. Yes. <laughs> uh, Dwemer, I wouldn't put it past it. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah, this is um No, this is uh this is Trust Mackay. This has been all the different stuffs of the Iliac you know, a lot of stuff of the Iliac Bay that um you know they brought back into the game that they've shown and explaining the way too complicated uh political backstory of uh behind Daggerfall. Yeah, but it is very cool, I mean, how political and you know, it's interesting that there's no one big bad guy to defeat in the game, yeah. and at the um, same time, it's I mean, there are major consequences uh, between you know as a result of what happens in in Daggerfall. Uh, in Daggerfall, I mean, um, there's a, all of a sudden everything becomes unified. High Rock is now unified. Uh, Sentinel is now unified. The Orsinium is recognized as a province, even though we never actually get to see it or see exactly what its borders are on the map. Um, you know, so it has some, it has some major. Um, oh, another thing that happens is the Underking dies as a result. He's introduced in the game, maybe interacts with you twice, never sending people to kill you, and then he dies uh, at the end in every single timeline. And Manamarco both becomes a god and fails to become a god. Ooh. Now, and you had mentioned before, a, show, that you want to make uh, a trip to the Weirding Tree. Oh, uh, yes. So yes. let's hit, let's transport, or go there, because we're now reaching an hour and a half into the show. Yeah. And I know Varwin likes to keep them at about two hours. So let's hit that tree up. Yeah. Uh, we can talk about the Weirding Tree a little bit uh, in one of my favorite zones. And uh, then um, we'll do our outros here. And, uh, you know. Yeah. I mean, if there's any anywhere else you want to show or we can do that at a later date um so let's see we yeah because i've i've actually had fun with this and i hope that you know maybe we can put this in our rotation of uh oh no four, i'd love to do it again you know because uh, i know that we're trying to do four episodes of each of the games um yeah so it'd be four episodes of uh, uh skyrim four episodes of daggerfall four episodes of oblivion four episodes of morrowind which hopefully that'll be our next grouping after this Daggerfall uh, run ha- is done. 
yeah, is that uh, we'll hit some more wind up because uh, the, uh, the the information on the dark elves and things of that nature really uh, is uh, yeah you know, we've been saving a lot of that kind of material the tribunal the dark elves some of the daedra for a more wind episode so yeah oh yeah and that'll be good to do the funny thing is Morrowind is both the quickest and easiest game to finish the main plot in hmm. you can do it in under five minutes without cheating uh, I watched a speed run where character creation to the end you know from character creation the moment he has finished the character and stepped out of the building it takes him five minutes to defeat Dagothur and destroy the heart of Lorcan. Wow. <laughs> like, no cheating. He, he doesn't use codes or anything like that. It, it involves basically going... You know where that guy, um, the wizard who falls is? Yes. Like he drops out of the sky? Basically, it, it relies mostly on that thing to go track it down. Or, to you know, he goes... And so the super jump... Yeah, the super jump. And basically it means he can get everywhere really quick and he gets an item that allows him to sort of avoid a lot of the worst of, like, the corpus. And, yeah, it's just he's... Now, he has timed his jumps and everything pitch perfect. But sure enough, he defeats... He has it all done and completed in less than five minutes. He's probably, like, only level two by the time he's done. Oh, he's only level one the entire time. Yeah. (laughs) It's, It's the weirdest thing. Now, this is kind of funny because uh, we just crossed one of those strange borders in the game since you've completed the Weirding Tree and I have not oh, even been to this area. So, uh, oh, okay, I see what you mean. So, so now, you know, you're phased out, but your crown is here. Yeah. Uh, so, well, you can see the, the tree anyway. Yeah. The reason I really wanted to um, to show you, to bring up the tree, is that Daggerfall had witches, witch covens everywhere. And, like, literally, they were they could be found as original spots on a map. Though you could also find them in, um, in hidden in houses in certain cities. The, the way that the, the interesting thing is that I found with ESO, they decided that, well, the cults that they, uh, let's bring the witches in, but let's make it sort of a druidic order. You know? Yeah, and you know, I'm kind of, um, I don't know, like, I, when you go through Skyrim and they say, you're the, the champion who defeated the the witches of Glenumbra, you know, and they are really, truly evil, like, creatures, it, it kind of bothers me that, yeah, that they're almost, like, sympathetic here in Glenumbra. Yeah. Well, um, the, at the same time, the, well, those aren't the Glenumbra witches. Those are the Glenmoral, which oh, are Glenmoral, just sorry. a single a single coven in the entirety of High Rock. Like there are a lot of different covens. Yeah. And the, the Glenmorals are are singled out as being experts in lycanthropy and whatnot. The entire series is like that. Now so, this almost looks like a tree, like right out of um, um, Elden Root area. Yeah, I mean, this is how big this thing is. I mean, you could have yeah. a city inside of it. Oh, exactly. Um, oh, something I should have thought of at the time, but it's no, it's, it's not important, uh, or at least to go see it. There is a um, temple up in in uh, Stormha- uh, Stormhaven uh, dedicated to Azura, and it was a nice thing. It was a nice touch for them to bring that in. Because as you play Daggerfall, different characters, you know, like swear, you know, like 
instead of swearing to, um, you know, uh, some sort of god that they follow or anything, they swear to the Daedra. They swear by Oblivion. Yeah. So Daedric worship is in, like, they don't have temples, but there are people who are openly worshiping the Daedra in Daggerfall. And they decided that, well, when they did here in ESO, they brought that back in. There are temple, you know, there's a temple to the, uh, to the, you know, Azura and other good Daedra are tolerated here in High Rock. It's just something that they've done. And it makes sense when you consider that the, the Bretons, and we'll get into this later on, next, next time we are basically, you know, absorbed a lot of Iliad culture, and the Iliads worshipped both the Aedra and the Daedra as well. Yeah, I know that, like, uh, having played through um, uh, the uh, the Dominion side, like, there's, there's um, a whole thing with Azura, and, uh, you know, she sends you on a quest and everything. So, yeah, it's it's definitely, you know, cool that they do have, like, all kinds of different flavors associated with the game. Oh, yeah. No, they... Again, like, it's nice to sort of go through all this stuff and see the little bits and pieces here and there and see how they they put it all together and not only taken stuff that, you know, is classically accepted as part of the game, but also found these obscure little bits that to bring back in. Yeah. You know, and find ways to intermesh. So, yeah. This this was fun. I really enjoyed this. Yeah, me too. Let me get to a safe area here out of uh, the combat zone, and then we'll go through and Weird. do our uh, our closing. Uh, you know, that way. Uh, well, then again, if I do get killed in here, you know, it'll just bring me back to the uh, the way shrine. Pay gold. You can't have that. Yeah. Left combat. Okay, I'm heading up the the walkway here. Yeah, so, just watching your chevron just sort of skitter up. Yeah. And it is one of those those strange things that um yeah. you know, and I think a lot of people would are hoping that eventually with the phasing and stuff that whoever's if you're grouped together, whoever's the group leader, that you enter into that phase. Okay. So, you know, if you come back out of it, um that you would be listed as, you know, like oh, yeah. when I'm, we're I'm grouped sure. together that you've completed it, I haven't. You I know. think that's something they've been talking about is supposed yeah. to come in the next update. It's one of the ones that they have been working on, that whoever's the group leader would be the one in charge of what, what phases you're that you're in. So, you know, you've completed it. I would go in with you. We wouldn't be able to really see anything. But if I was the leader, you'd have to redo the whole quest again Yeah. type of thing. So, okay, so we're back at the Way Shrine now. And uh, let me bring up my... Closing notes here. Uh, this is the time when it closing could, notes. Yeah, oh, you know, this is the kind of thing when you know I really wish we, I had a third screen even. Uh, so we do have a tweet from Darkhound, uh, and it was directly to me. It's uh, one of those personal messages. It said, "Hey, Mike, I was wondering if you could mention this on the show. Either one, really. Um, how much I love the Elder Scrolls community. Uh, the reason being that because." I'm in a wheelchair. People tend to think less of me mentally, not only physically. Uh, this community has never done that, and I really appreciate it. So, yeah, you know, that's the one beauty of this community is that, uh, you know, no matter what who you are or anything of that nature, you know, 
this community has been very accepting of a lot of people. Uh, you know, we got called out as being, you know, casuals, you know, for the fact that we play the podcast and we're not really high level, but, uh, you know, yeah. it's like, you know, you don't, you do what you want in this community, in this game, you have fun and a lot of people really enjoy that and are really supportive of pe- of each other. Oh, um, yeah. So, you know, just a big shout out to Darkhound, uh, and, uh, you know, him having fun in this game and the supportive nature of the community. So now, if you want to listen to us, you can. where can we be found? We can be found on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, thequestgamingnetwork.com. Uh, if you go there, there's an embedded uh, uh, link to our Twitch account. So, like right now, uh, if you're on that site, you could be watching this without having to be watching it through Twitch. Uh, all of our videos are posted on youtube.com slash questgamingnetwork. So, you know, eventually, later this week, this will be available. You can follow our host. You can follow myself at... at K-D-R, Mickey, M-I-C-K-E-Y, M-O-U-S-E. Uh, <laughs> every time, every time that Varwin's reading that out, that's what my brain tries to insert at the end. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and the reason being that it's that is um, I was in a fraternity and there was seven mics in the fraternity at that time. Oh. And so oh, everybody had to have their own nickname because nobody could figure out who you were talking about if you were talking about Mike. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, they decided that I would be Mickey, uh, and my big was Mikey, and uh, another guy was named Jenga, so it was kind of <laughs> interesting. We had one that was my roommate uh, that we called Uncle, from like uh, the Dukes of Hazard. So okay, right. <laughs> if you want to follow Mark, it's at Carnegie Wolf with a C A R N A G A N W O L F E. Remember that E at the end. If you would like to follow our illustrious leader, Ivarwin, at Ivarwin, E-V-A-R-W-Y-N. And you can follow the show at uh, Elder Scrolls OTR. So, Classic uh, Elder Scrolls is a Quest Gaming Network production. Any final thoughts, Mark? Uh, again, this has just been, uh, been a blast to go through. Uh, it was fun to go through the old books and sort of track down the, um, the t- you know, all the different points just to make sure that I was being at least somewhat accurate with stuff. Uh, actually, I, I think I forgot to mention this. The um, I had mentioned at the beginning that uh, Lysandus dies in 403. The agent is set in 405. According to the official plot line, the miracle of peace, the, the end of Daggerfall, occurs in 417. So everything is so complicated, it took your character, officially, 12 years to sort it out. <laughs> so, it's just one of those things that I noticed. Oh my so, lord. Okay, with that, yeah. we will uh, do a slash wave for goodbye. And we will call it a night. So, hopefully everybody had fun. Thank you to Ray for uh, following us around and Skeever for uh, following us around there for a while. Hopefully you guys had fun, uh, and uh, hopefully we can do this again. Uh, get a whole bunch of guildies out here on a Sunday morning, running through one of the zones, uh, you know, talking about the history and how it affected other games. Yeah, no, that'd so. be great. So, yeah, and, uh, yeah, anyone who, uh, you know, anyone who found me at least remotely amusing, you can join me tomorrow at 9.30 Eastern Standard Time, and I'm going to get into Episode 5 of Redguard. 
uh, and we can see if we can finally track down Cyrus's sister, or at least get another starting point for that. <laughs> <laughs> we're we're going to go away with the with the pirate in pink boots. The pirate in pink boots. Okay. So, thank you all for joining us, and we will see you next time. <laughs> <laughs>